Hey, this is Clay Harrison from Embrace. Embrace is a new church in the greater Houghton area of Louisiana, and on this podcast you'll hear from various voices with the common thread of helping people point their lives to Jesus. I'm honored to be the planning pastor for Embrace and honored to journey with you on this podcast. On this episode, Mike Rodke and Asa Harrison join the conversation about finding ourselves lost. We dig into some of the stories of Jesus that are about how people get lost and why this is so important to Jesus. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. All right, well, we are here this evening with uh, with Asa Harrison and Mike Rodke. Well, uh, Mike, thanks for, for being here, and Asa for being here with this evening. And what we we'll want to do is just continue our conversation about what what it means when Jesus says, uh, come to seek and save the lost. So I want to kind of just hand that over to you all. And how? what are some things that you've been processing uh, around this conversation about uh, Zacchaeus and how Jesus has come to seek and to save him? And has that connected with any of your own stories? Oh, definitely. Um, well, I think uh, we talked a little bit about my story uh, a few years ago. So uh, I joined the military uh, five days after I turned 18. And prior to that, I was very involved in church. I uh, went to youth group every week, led at youth group. Um, I d- did all that kind of stuff and had all my friends from church. And we had Bible studies in school. Uh, and we were a really tight-knit community. And we all hung out together. We rode to church together. Uh, we each knew when something was wrong with each other. And um, we just kind of did life together as as one group. And uh, went off to ma- uh, basic training, and after that, I uh, went to Texas for about seven months. And while I was there, I just I had nobody from that that background, nobody from the church background, uh, to be there to do life with. So, um, with that gone, without my support community there, keeping me going, keeping me accountable, um, I fell back into my own old ways. Um, I stopped going to church. I, th- I think I ended up uh, not going to church for about two years. Um, but I just started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, started getting back into those um, habitual sins and, and things that I had struggled with in my earlier years. And um, I just kind of walked away. I didn't say that, you know, I don't believe in God. I didn't say, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, I still knew who God was. I knew that he was there. I just, I, guess I just didn't really care. I uh, just really wasn't a part of my life at the time. And um, fast forward about two years, I was doing the living in Florida, um, just doing my own thing with uh, my buddies there and the, and the military and hanging out and drinking on the weekends and um, meeting girls on vacation and uh, just kind of doing the, the thing that a lot of young military guys do. And um, I had just gone through a really bad breakup uh, with an ex of mine and really turned to the world to solve it. And it really didn't, it didn't solve anything. It just made it a lot worse. Um, and I was sitting in my room one day just by myself. It was a Sunday and it just kind of hit me like, what, what are you doing with your life right now? Like you got a job, everything's great, but what's the purpose? And why, you know who Jesus is, you know what God did for you. Why aren't you in church? Um, and, and it just occurred to me one day, like, I can solve all my problems if I just go to church and I, you know, m- meet Jesus again. Like, 
Uh, so I did what any, you know, young person does in, nowadays, and I Googled church. <laughs> and I, I looked for churches, and I found one. And uh, I made a commitment the next week to go to church. And, and I did. Um, and it was really cool, really new age church, very loud, very vibrant, a lot of people there, uh, a few thousand people at the church. And I just got started talking to people like I do. I'm a very talkative person. And um, I met a few people. And the next week I went back and somebody remembered who I was, uh, a young guy, Josh Bittacoffer, still remember his name. Um, and he invited me to lunch. It's like, hey, a, a bunch of us young adults, we get together and we go either to Panera or other places after church and just kind of hang out. And uh, we all really live together. So <laughs> we all, you know, go down there. Why don't you come have lunch? And and I did that. And, and I just made some friends and I just felt welcomed. And um, I just felt like, like that's why I belonged. So I started hanging out with them again and kind of... Um, you know, my relationship wasn't gone. I still knew who God was and I still had faith, but it all kind of came back. Um, it's like I never left. It was the feeling. Um, and the, everything I had done in those past few years, um, all the mistakes that I had made just really didn't matter to God. Um, and I was able to grow that community again and to build that support group up with friends um, at that church. And, and I got back into it. And And I think that's... Um, you know, it wasn't really anybody that found me. It was just kind of that, that yearning that I had in my heart that something is missing. And then it just clicked like, oh gosh, I'm not going to church anymore. Like it was great when I was going to church and now it sucks. Like, what should I do? <laughs> I should go to church. Um, and it sounds kind of cliche that church is going to fix it all cause it won't, but it's really that, um, that support and doing life with other people who have the same thing in mind and who have your best interests in mind. Um, so the Google found you (laughs) essentially the first, the Google found you. Yeah. Google. So thankful, thankfully for the Google. Uh, so, so was this a new place for you that you, you know, had a search for a church just to kind of go circle back around to that? Yeah. Um, I didn't know a single person except for people from the base. The church on base was really boring. So I just did not go. Well, what was it when you were uh, looking for for new church? You, you kind of came to this place where you said, "I'm ready to do something more. I'm ready to go back." How long did did, did was that? Just like I'm going to find the first church, and that's just like that's the the first thing that, that pops up, and I'm going to check it out. Was this the first experience, or what was it? What was that experience like uh, for you? Because that's going to be a pretty that's pretty intimidating for people to be able to say, you know what, I think I'm going to try to go back to church, but is, were there any questions that were running through your mind? Did you know exactly what you were looking for in that? So I really didn't know what I was looking for except for what I had known previously. So I went to a very large non-denominational Christian church um, back in high school, and and I just I Googled non-denominational church near me, and there were none. It was 45 minutes away. Um, I had to drive all the way through Destin. If you've ever been there, that is daunting task. Um, and, and it looked very similar to my old church. It kind of, it looked familiar. And that was the first thing that caught my eye. All the other ones in the area were, you know, Pentecostal or Baptist or what, whatever it is. And it just didn't look familiar. It didn't seem like something that I had known. Um, and when I came across this church destiny, it just kind of seemed like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I know what this is. I know what they're doing there. 
familiarity is always a nice nice thing yeah it does give us that ability to be comfortable and uh and to really almost feel at home probably a lot easier than having to, to learn a whole new way of being with a whole new group of people that you may or may not know their traditions and to what to expect absolutely so uh so so you went and you came back and they remembered you <laughs> and so you said that that josh he that was a very important point for you and what was it that that experience with inside you that about belonging to that community, about when they knew your name. Well, just talk a little bit more, just a little bit about, about that. What is it? What? How is that so that important to you? That sense of, of belonging. Well, I think just somebody remembering who I was after just a week. That was that sat really deep with me. That he took the time to understand that I was new, uh, that I was lost. You know, it was very apparent that you know I was lost and. Um, you know, I was pretty open with them. I'm, I'm an open book. So um, I told him, like, yeah, I haven't been to church in years, and I just wanted to come check it out. And, you know, the next week he was like, hey, why don't you come get lunch? I don't really know who you are, and you don't know who we are. Uh, if you want, you can ride with us or you can drive, but uh, we're going to go down here, and if you want to meet up, let's meet up. And um, just that willingness to invite somebody else into your their normal routine, like this is what they did every Sunday, um, I just, I thought that was really cool. So once you, you found your, your place there and, and things started to change in your own life, what was it like for you to be able to do the same thing for others? That's a good question. I never really thought about it in that, that way. Um, but I guess throughout the years being at that church, there were so many new people that would, would show up and it was kind of a normal thing to, to bring new people to lunch um, that's actually how I met my wife a few years later, uh, was through the same group of people inviting a random girl, brand new to church to lunch <laughs> the first week. Um, but it just kind of became part of my culture was to invite new people in and to be welcoming. Uh, Cause why not? You know, we're all going to lunch. We're all friends. We're all, you know, just hanging out. Why not make new ones? Was that a culture that you created um, just within your group of friends, or was it a, ch- a church culture? Like, was that something that they had established in other areas in in the church? I mean, you said it was a large church, so is that something that just was innate within you and your group, or is that a larger body of a culture? I think it was something that the church did. Um, I remember that when I first started going there, I thought it was kind of weird, but every Sunday before we would sit down right after worship, uh, they would finish prayer and they would say, hey, turn around and meet somebody and just shake a hand of somebody you've never seen before. Just, you know, take a minute and then sit down and and then we went on with our day. And that was just kind of something that broke down those walls and those barriers that I don't know you, so I'm not going to talk to you. You know, you have to approach me first. It was kind of a a mutual thing that everybody did at the church and then through small groups as well. Um, I like that. It's, it's, you know, this can be a really intimidating time for people <laughs> in church. Hey, shake the hand of somebody you don't know. But It's an introvert's worst nightmare. <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> it, it, but there is something that really is important about that that is about belonging and, and helping people find a place of belonging and to know that, hey, this is a place for you. And you're not just in this room of a bunch of unknown people and you're going to have to sit by yourself and be here unknown 
for this next hour until you leave. And yeah. so it does, it does create, even if just for a moment, a place of belonging, which I really appreciate. Thanks for sharing your story. It's interesting because we probably each have a very different story here. So, so your story about being someone who just walked away, uh, just to share a little bit about my story, when I when I was raised, growing up, I, I we were in and out of churches all the time, and so we never really had a church home. Uh, and I was a kid, so it's you know not a lot of things that I knew was going on. But but the, you know as, as a family, we just never really get connected. There was church uh, issues and things like that. So we ended up becoming the family that everybody wanted to come and save. So I can't tell you the number of people that have sat on my couch and talked about how, you know, we're going to go to hell if, unless we don't come to their church, you know, and, and all, and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. So they, I mean, it was a commitment for people to drive 25 minutes to come save the Harrisons. And, um, but, but growing up and being around, uh, people who were a part of youth groups and things like that. I, I always wanted to be a part of something, but was just never, I was never invited to anything like that. And it wasn't within uh, the culture of my family. None of us were really huge churchgoers. It was just kind of this thing that, that really the, the older people did, I guess. And um, you know, the grandparents, you know, they went to their churches and, and things like that. But uh, but yeah, so I always yearned going, you know, wanting to go to a youth group, and I never had that experience growing up um, until probably my last year or so with, um, in high school. There was a, a Catholic church that we started going to, but it still wasn't that youth experience that, that other people had where they had these friends that were developed. And so so growing up on the outside, it very much, I, you know, I was, it, I was I yearned for that connection that all the other kids had and I didn't have. So uh, it wasn't until um, later on, until I was in college, that I was able to actually find a community that connected with me. And, and by that point, I had just quit giving up. And I, I mean, I had I had just given up. I had just quit looking for something. I, I w- didn't put a whole lot of effort into it because the experience that I was taught was that you know, either either you come and be a part of this because you're doing something wrong, and I have to help you do something right people hence people sitting on my couch telling us what we need to do right now um there was no there was never a genuine like i care for you i want to know you i want you to be a part of this because i just want to hang out with you i want to be your friend there was i never had any of that type of experience so when i got to college it wasn't until my uh the end of my first year that i was in engineering an engineering class and we were finishing up a group project and at the end of that project uh, it was a it was a, a a final I believe it was the final, and and they and somebody in my group there afterwards they're like what are you doing for lunch and I was like I'm going to go back and hide under my rock, and they were like well why don't you come we've got chicken spaghetti today for lunch it's free why don't you, you come down here and eat chicken spaghetti, and so uh, me and my buddy we went down there with them and the moment we walked into this place and it was a campus ministry which I had never even heard of campus ministries I mean I was so outside of the Christian loop. And, um, and they got me with chicken spaghetti. I mean, I walked in there and, uh, and there's all these people and they're, they're super engaging and, uh, genuinely wanted to, to, to know who I am and, and share stories. It was a wonderful experience. And I sat there and ate chicken spaghetti and, um, it, it was the best chicken spaghetti in my life because it was the first time that I had a group of strangers 
particularly within the church, that, uh, that wanted me to be a part of who they are. And I couldn't get enough of it. From the moment that I went in that one time, I went back time and time again. And people were like, hey, we have this small group that's meeting. Why, why don't you come to our house on Thursday evening and come to a small group with us and just sit down and make some friends? Or why don't you come? We're going to do this thing on this night. And that was the first. I, w- I was 20 years old. First, first experience, 19, 20 years old before my first experience was something like that. So it was something that I yearned for. And it really changed the whole trajectory um, of, of my experience and trajectory of who I am. So, um, yeah, I, always, I, you know, I wish I could have walked away, but instead I, was just, I just grew up always yearning to be a part of something. And, and finally I was, I was included. Yeah, my story is very different, you know, from, from both of you guys. I, um, I grew up in the church. You know, I had a small country church I would go to with my grandparents. Um, and then when I got older, I would go to youth group at a different church. And um, all through high school, I mean, youth group was the cool thing to do, or at least that's what we told ourselves. Um, uh, we, it was a friend group. We would hang out, um, youth group all through high school. Um, and then at college, I got involved in campus ministry, um, Wesley Foundation, where, where they found Clay. We didn't meet until a little while later, but... Um, you know, was involved with, with them, involved in ministries and leadership teams at the Wesley Foundation. And I was super committed to my faith, super committed to my walk, um, married a pastor, (laughs) (laughs) um, which, um, you know, has, has, has been wonderful. Um, and it wasn't until, um, the year I turned 30 that I, I guess, found myself lost. Um, and that, you know, came in the wake of our first miscarriage. And, um, you know, that, that, that'll be a conversation, you know, in, you know, for another day, but, um, just through that, I didn't understand, you know, why God let that, you know, this tragedy happen, you know, to me. Um, you know, I thought I was doing everything right, you know, following God, you know, loving people, doing all the right things. And this horrible thing happened and I got angry and I silently backed away and didn't talk to God for a very long time. I, oh, I kept up, you know, pretenses, you know, I kept on a a smiling face as much as I could. And, you know, but inside it was dark and lots of turmoil and it wasn't for a while that I was able to admit that to others, you know, that I was angry with God. Um, and just through all of that and, you know, consecutive miscarriages after that, I found myself in a group of people that made me realize that God has always been there. Um, And that's kind of the culmination of this whole story is while I thought I was lost, where I was in a really dark place, um, I wasn't really lost because God was present with me. You know, even though I was looking a different way, (laughs) um, you know, God was there um, in the the form of these people who held me up, um, who wiped my tears, who 
you know, had a shoulder for me, um, you know, through my family who supported me, you know, through Clay's family who supported me. And, um, you know, God showed up, you know, through all of this. And it's taken a long time, you know, to be able to talk about it in a way that, um, you know, makes sense. (laughs) Um, Not just to me, but even makes sense to to others. But um, I think the biggest takeaway from that whole several years, I mean, it was years, y'all, that I did not want to talk to God. You know, I had a hard time praying in any context, um, which as a pastor's wife, people don't get that. Um, it's, it's a weird place to be in because you have to, you know, people think you have to be a certain way. If you're a pastor's wife, you got to have it all together. And folks, I did not. (laughs) Um, but you know, coming out of it, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that God was present through all of that darkness. Um, even though I had my eyes closed to it, um, a lot of the times. So I'm in a better place now, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's a different kind of being lost. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of my story. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. There's a lot of language that, that we've used in these stories that, um, I wonder how much of that language is familiar to us being people who are, are, very much a part of the, uh, of the church of, of spreading the good news of Jesus and it's words that we use, but it may not be words that, that, that others would recognize in themselves. And so if we could just for a moment, let's think about some of those, that some of that language, cause we don't want people to feel as though, um, we don't want our words to, to do harm. And so, you know, what are the ways that our, that our words can, can help people truly to relate at a deeper level? So some of the words that, uh, that we haven't used, but that is used typically of people with, uh, that was used against me a lot was, um, was that we see in the Gospels is, is where people are calling other sinners. And I think there's a lot of appropriate times to talk about sin and things like that. But that's a word that typically can shut people down because it puts them within a box of, of you know, right and wrong. But there's this other word that we've been using a lot, and I think it's a word that we're comfortable with, but I like to talk a little bit about it, and that's the word lost. So, every, so we've each said, you know, we're kind of lost in a, in a sense, in a way. I, I wonder in, in being lost, if that is our perspective, but do you feel as though, and this is a question I have for you, do you, did you feel as though you were lost? Or do you look back at it now and say, I recognize this? Is lost, me? is that an identification of, of someone who is on their own and separated from community? Or is it the identity that we as a community have for someone who's not with us? They're lost from us. That's a really good question. It's a hard one. I think... I honestly think it can go both ways. I I know for me in that time of those about two years, um, I myself felt lost from others. Um, It's not something that I I pondered on at the time, but looking back on it, um, it was kind of the absence of a community, not uh, being away from a community, but just not being a part of one. And that was what, that's what I lost when I had left home was I lost that community and 
I called it my support structure, right? That's who built me up, the pillars that I, I leaned upon. Um, and when I lost, when I, I walked away from that by leaving, um, I felt like I was just in the absence of a community. I think for me, it's probably a little bit more retrospective. Um, I don't know that at the time I would, I said, I'm lost. Um, I think it was just, I was accepting the fact that that's where I was at the time. Um, but I don't think I ever thought about it at the time as being lost. Um, looking back and kind of in this context, like that's a good, I guess, label for lack of a better word, um, for that time in my life is, is, it's just the, you know, that's the lost period, (laughs) you know, where my relationship with, with God was lacking, um, and at its, at its lowest, um, so yeah, I think mine's more retrospective looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is a word that we use, um, and I think it is a I think it's a good word. There is an appropriate word, but uh, it is it is something that goes a little deeper. And, and so I, I like to think about other ways, and we we might could express this. And uh, as I look at uh, at some of the words of Jesus, and maybe we'll dig into that in just a second. Uh, one of the one of the words that um, that I'm really focusing here that is translated lost. Jesus comes to seek and save the lost. Uh, that word is, can be used about towns and cities that are you know ruined, things that have been perished, things that have been destroyed. but but when we look at um, at when it, it refers to people, this is something that that I really appreciate about this word. And I, and I wonder if lost is the right word, but I think it may associate with our feelings here. Um, so, one of the ways in which the uh, the word can express meaning is is it fails to obtain uh, what one expects or anticipates. Okay, so it's someone who has has not obtained an expectation. So, um, so I'm thinking, you know, Asa, about your story, about, about our story with miscarriage, like that definitely associates there with that failed expectation. So people who, you know, they've They've not been able to obtain the things that have been expected of them or the things that they have anticipated and looked forward to. And on a similar note, the other way in which this this associates, which I, I think is, is used more so with Jesus here, are those who lose something that that they already had or that they've now are separated from normal connection. So they've lost something that they've had, that they already had, so that now they've or, or they've become separated from normal connection. I think at the time I felt lost because I'd known that community before, like I had those connections before in high school. But if I didn't, I wouldn't have felt lost. I would just felt normal until I guess I was I found that until I discovered it. Being separated there and that idea of, of, of failed expectations. So Jesus comes to seek and to save. The lost. Uh, there's some some things that Jesus talks about throughout the Gospel of Luke, and this is a huge theme in the Gospel of Luke that uh, is very very intentional, and that's why we're spending some time with this. And this uh, it all connects with our own stories. But um, but whoever it is that is is listening in on our conversation right now, whatever where is it that they may find themselves? And Jesus talked to a wide range. 
of people. And it's probably the case that as he went around talking to groups of people that, that he shared similar stories or shared the same stories with different groups of people. And one of the ways in the middle of, of, the, of the Gospel of Luke that this kind of comes to a head is, is Jesus shares some stories, particularly about people who were lost. And uh, he does it in the context of, uh, of, of Luke chapter 15. It says tax collectors and quote-unquote sinners were gathered around Jesus, and they were listening to him. And so the Pharisees and the legal experts, they began to grumble. And this is kind of a key word in the gospel. Like when you hear people start grumbling, you know that Jesus has got something smart to say, right? So he starts grump, they start grumbling and say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus goes through uh, three stories in response to that. This is how Jesus responds. And the first thing is he shares a story, a parable about a sheep, about someone who had a hundred sheep and they lost one. And he asked, Jesus asked a question to, to those around him. If you had, if you had sheep, if you had a hundred sheep, what would you do? So this person had a hundred sheep and one of them went away and he left those 99, probably with capable hands of other people that he was with, and he went to find that one sheep. And when he found it, he was thrilled, and he brought it back, and he included it back into the herd. So he asked everybody, you know, what would you do? Would you celebrate? Would you go out and look for that one person, who, that one sheep that has wandered away? And the story here, when Jesus is talking about, the, about being lost, this lost sheep, I found my lost sheep, this sheep, for no fault of its own, has just wandered away. And so what is it like um, in our lives when we just, for no fault of our own, we just we just wander. It just things happen, and we just kind of wander away. And I, I think, Mike, is that kind of the story you were sharing? Is that a story? Is that a way in which you would associate? Is just things happen, and you just just walked away. Yeah, um, I think that just you know, going off and doing different things, um, it kind of got pushed to the back of my mind, and then I just kind of forgot about it. You know, just wasn't a part of my life anymore. Are there people that you've been able to spend time with that have had similar experiences to that with you, where they've just kind of just, they're, oh, there's some nice shiny grass over there. I'm just going to go eat from that grass over there. And, oh, I don't know what happened to everybody else, but this was, you know, this was a really good place over here. I don't know what happened to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, I've had many, many nights sharing stories with different, different guys and girls um, from small groups and from church that have walked away, have just said, all right, well, I'm done with this. This isn't, this isn't for me. And, um, then when they did walk away, you know, that yearning was there. It's kind of like a piece of you is missing and your soul is just crying out and saying that no, I'm, I'm empty, right? There's something just not there. And I think you don't realize at least once you've had a relationship with Jesus, um, and you walk away, you don't realize that it's gone until you feel that void within you. 
for those who have walked away in, in, in your own life like that, what has that been experience been for you in yearning for them? So if we think about those, that group of 99 sheep that look around, they're like, oh, I wonder what happened to, to Bob or Nancy over there. Uh, <laughs> and then this, you know, the, the shepherd goes and finds them. So uh, what's it like? Uh, if y'all have your ASA two of, of having someone that you just, you, you know that they're missing. It's really hard to step into the shepherd's shoes um, because, you know, it's, I guess that's why, you know, he's Jesus, you know, he, he can do that. <laughs> but as just Asa, you know, it's, it's hard to, to figure out how to do both, how to take care of the 99 and go find the one. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to, to say that, like, you know, I have, I don't know. I yearn for those that have walked away, but I guess I don't know how to go get them without losing the other 99. I don't know how to balance that. Um, and maybe that's another conversation, you know, at another time. But <clears throat> as far as relating that to, you know, to to me and how I, you know, kind of see people who've who've wandered, um, that's a hard that's a hard thing to do. It's it's a hard place to be to um, to want to try to care for all all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely there's. A- plenty of opportunity for us to come back and, and talk about, you know, how do you, how do you do that? What do you, you know, because this person walks away and there's, there's no, we may read this in our modern eyes, be like, Hey, this shepherd's just like abandoned 99 sheep over there. I hope no, nothing gets it, but that's not the way that, that it worked. I mean, there was capable hands. This person left these sheep with there's capable. Yeah. Mind. Yeah. I know there's that anachronistic <laughs> anachronism, but, but, but those ninety nine, there's there's no there's no assumption in this story that they weren't cared for, but but this person who owned the ninety nine and, and and this the, the word shepherd isn't even used here. So if we look at this, it's, it doesn't it just says this person had a hundred sheep. We make assumptions in this story as shepherd. We assume shepherd do that, but but the person who owned it left incapable hands 99 to go and find the one. And, um, and, and, you know, if we do, we wander away for no fault of our own at times. And, and Jesus invites the story out of, out, out of us to, 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 to put ourselves there. Are we someone who has just wandered away? Are we part of this group? And we don't even recognize that one of us has walked away or do we recognize and we don't know what to do? How you know? I, I miss having this person in my life. I miss having them in small group. I miss having them around. I miss having them, you know, over for dinner and, and a part of my life. So what do we do about it? I think I've experienced this before um, in different connect groups that I've had in the past. Um, I had a really good guy that used to help co-lead a group with me. He was there every week. Um, we used to build things at church. It wasn't like Bible study or anything, but we were just, we were building stuff. And, um, man, some, sometimes he would just not show up and I knew he was in a different place in his life and, and I knew he was gone. Right. I knew that he wasn't, I don't know how to explain it exactly where he was. And I knew that when he wasn't there at group, he was going through something in his life. So 
that was something that me as at that time the connect group leader or in this story a shepherd i just had to tell myself like okay he's going through something rough i need to understand what it is and just try to be there for him um and whether that would be a phone call to the that individual like hey man how you doing what's going on like where were you this week you know um or just hey man i missed you hope hope you're good i'm here to talk and i found that at least in this modern day scenario of um somebody who you know was there part of your group and has wandered off and you see that and you understand that um being there for the person and making them making it known to them that hey i see that you're gone i see that you're going astray um but i'm here for you i'm praying for you and if you want to talk i'm right here um it's kind of like god's never gone he's right there right next to us all the time um and that's just kind of how we have to be with those guys at least right now and today in, in the scenario that i was in just hey man i'm here for you whatever's going on um I might not understand it. I might not have the words to fix it. Um, I might not be able to fix it. I know who can, but uh, I'm here to listen. I think this is super important is our presence in that, of being like this one who went, this this shepherd or this, own, this sheep owner who went and spent time with and journeyed with that one back. And I mean, it says here that that when he found it, he was so thrilled, he placed it on his shoulders so there was a point of even helping carry and burden himself to bring back and include within. And I think that, you know, that it is a burden it, 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 to us, but it's a willful burden to, to go and walk with people. He, Jesus shares another story, and he talks about a woman who had 10 coins and she lost one. And so she led a, led a lamp and she swept her house and she was searching carefully for it. And when she finally found it, she was celebrating because she found her coin. And, and so, um, you know, again, putting us back into that, that same, that same scenario here, uh, there's not as much connection because we may not associate ourselves with coins often, but in the story, uh, this person, she lost her coin. It's not, I mean, coins don't wander away. I mean, I think they do all the time. I don't know where my money goes. Um, I think it's little elves or maybe it's just my kids, but my, you know, my money disappears all the time. But the fact of the matter is, is I am responsible for that. The money is not responsible for that. And so in this story, uh, the coin was misplaced. The coin was lost. She did that. Um, and, and it could have been anybody. I mean, this person, a person has lost, intentionally lost something. And I think it's really important here with that first story where you have, um, the, you know, the, the analogy of the person walking away, just kind of wandering away, just for no fault of their own. Uh, this this is a story where, where we're responsible for losing people. And I think that this is, uh, this may connect with, with a lot of people. And I think I would even connect with this story because I yearned to be a part of something growing up. And I just kept getting dropped. I kept getting dropped and kept, kept getting dropped until finally said, um, hey, we want you to be a part of this. And so I really resonate with this because it's as, a, as the coin, the coin can't yell out and say, I'm here, I want to be a part of this. And there was nothing within me growing up that, that I felt like I could do to include myself. Um, and, and, and trying to include myself, 
then I didn't feel like I would ever be properly a part of something because I would not have been invited into that. I would have been intruding into that. And so I wonder how many people do feel that intrude, you know, that, that they would, that they want to be a part of something, but they've been dropped or they've been hurt. They've been, been, um, been pushed aside. They want to be a part of something, but don't know how to ask or, or how to do that because then they feel as though they're intruding. But they, the desire there is that they want to be wanted. I think that's true. Um, this is something that I learned last year. Um, I was leading a ministry at our church, and it was kind of a welcome ministry, welcoming new members to the church, kind of telling them who we were, what we were about. And, and I found that a lot of people were moving. It was a very military town. A lot of people had moved out of town to different bases. And I was just trying to get people on my team. But we weren't... We didn't advertise at the pulpit, like, hey, we need people, like, we're hurting, right? It was all up to us as the coaches to find people. And and I was struggling because I was like, hey, man, everybody that wants to serve is serving. You know, we've done these servant drives, everything. Um, but then when I just went out there and I met new people and I asked them, like, hey, do you want to serve in the church? Like, have you have you thought about that? Did you know that we don't all get paid to work here? Like, (laughs) um, we need help sometimes. Um, most of the people that I asked would say no, because they weren't at that, that place in their walk or in their life at the time. But almost every single person that said yes, I said, man, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me that. I just didn't know where to go. And I didn't know what to do. I've just been waiting for somebody to ask. And it's, it's the same thing in our, our lives as within community. I think it's up to us as other, I hate to put the term on it, Christians, but other people in this community doing life together to invite those others because nine times out of 10, they're probably going to say no. I'm like, hey, you're weird, man. I don't want to <laughs> hang out with you. Like, um, But then that that one person is there. Like, I, I've, I've just been waiting to ask. And that's where you were in your life. Um, you were just waiting for somebody to ask you and... Um, you know, I had walked away from it. I knew it was there. And then when somebody asked me to join that community again, it just clicked. And the same with you, they were always there, but um, just understanding that you, you were going through something and asking and being there for you. And that's really what we need to do for each other. That's how you find the lost. So you invite them. Yeah. And and there's, there's something to be said there about the way in which people are invited as well. Cause so you, your example there is, Hey, we've done all these things. Like we've done this whole church-wide service piece. Like surely that's a good enough invitation, right? They know like, Hey, you come to this table, you sign up here, you see the person that's wearing the blue shirt or whatever it may be, you know, but, but is that, you know, does, does somebody see that some people may see that as an invitation and some people who that's, that's the only permission they need. And that's great. But, but I, what I'm hearing there is there is, there is a bigger permission piece and invitation piece that people need and that that it, that that probably is only going to come face to face yeah so you said earlier ace that you feel like this is the one of the most common uh, when we were talking about this before we start recording that you felt like this is the most common uh experience for people that you've you've met yeah i feel like this is one of the most devastating um stories of being lost um because when you equate the the coins to people, um, it's it's heartbreaking to know that this person had these ten people in their care, 
and they lost one. <laughs> they dropped it, and it disappeared below the floorboards, and it's hard to get back when you don't take that care with people, and they just fall away. Um, and I, so I think that that's an intentionality for us as people to take care of each other. We've got to check in with each other. We've got to invite each other. We've got to build those relationships amongst each other so that we can help prevent people from getting lost in that way. Um, because nobody wants to be that person that just gets forgotten about or that gets you know, dropped to the side. Um, so I, th- I think it's important for, for us to to just make sure we're taking care of each other. Um, and it's hard for one person to take care of, you know, 30, 40, 50 more people. But when you have a handful of people that you're checking in on, I think that makes a difference. And if, you know, all of those people have a handful of people that they're checking on, you know, we can, we can take care of each other in our communities, you know, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. You know, we can check in on each other and try to prevent people from falling through the floorboards. Yeah. And that's really good. Cause again, I think we could bring this back to the question you asked earlier, like, how do we do this? So, so there's definitely a system here that we could talk about to keep people from getting lost. Um, that, that definitely was, is worth exploring in the future. But, but here as well that I like, <laughs> we don't, we don't have enough time to dig into the strategy of how do you do this? this isn't necessarily the strategy for for it, but that is, that would be helpful conversation. So, so people who want to hear about the strategy, how to do that, we'll, we'll have to do that at a later time. But, but here, uh, I really like how this, this, the, 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 in the story, the woman is looking for a coin. The part of that is that, that they're valuable. And That's people, what I was people to say. are valuable. <laughs> yeah. You, you said it, you said it in a way, but, but people, People are valuable. I think it's it's important to know that they're not going to be found until we look. And they're not going to be found. That's right. And, and this was hard work. Mm-hmm. This this person is is having to shine light in places that light doesn't go naturally. They're looking in the nooks and the crannies. They're sweeping, thinking maybe you know. They're, I mean, this is this is a hard search this is a hard this is a real this is like losing a valuable coin in the middle of walmart but you got home and you didn't realize you lost it until you got to walmart and then trying to go back through walmart and find out where that coin could possibly be maybe it got kicked underneath um a box or or whatever you know it'd be hard to, to find that i mean that's that's this person is is searching hard for some something that is of great value um yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good insight there, uh, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for that. So Jesus continues the story, um, and we'll push through this and bring it to an end here. That, um, but this the story of a prodigal son is the way in which it's typically uh, told, and we won't read the whole story here. But but in this story, the story, the, there's two sons, and one of the sons, he takes everything, and he walks away. He tells the father, I can do this on my own. I want you to just go ahead and give me my money now, my inheritance now. And he walks away. He does everything on his own, and it goes to pots. It's not 
everything that he thought it would be. He's, his money's gone. He finds himself in the worst place that he could ever possibly be. He's eating with a bunch of pigs, uh, is the way in the story goes. And he's, he's eating slop and all this stuff. And he finally says, you know what? I could live better if I went back home. And so he swallows his, his pride and he goes back home and he begs his father and he's going to beg his father to bring him back. But the father meets him. And, and if we may be familiar with this story, if not, you can read it in Luke chapter 15. But the father embraces him and he brings him back into the fold of the family. He, he throws this giant party and he celebrates that his son is back. And so, uh, so here uh, in this story, we have someone who has, has willingly chose to walk away. So they didn't just wander away and life happened and they just didn't have time for community or church or Jesus or whatever. They didn't get lost. We didn't drop them. And this is someone who said, the heck with this, I got my own way. And so they walk away and they walk away. And as you consider that, think about this as well. The story continues. The uh, the father throws this this party, and they're welcoming back the the son and uh, the son that stayed. The other son that he had, the son that stayed, um, looked at uh, his father, and he 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 was like, "What is going on?" And he says, "I've served you for all these years, and I've never disobeyed you. I've done everything that you've asked. I've worked hard for you to get what I deserve, and yet you've never given me half, or even just a sliver, of what um, what you're doing for this person, for this brother of mine. You never let me celebrate with my friends, even a sliver of the way in which." He's now celebrating, and yet look at the damage he's done. And so you have this first person who has walked away and said, enough with this, but you have this other person that that can't see through what he's owed. He feels like, you know, I deserve this. I've worked hard. I've been a good person. I've, I've, I've done everything that was asked to me. And so, um, maybe, you know, maybe what are some experiences in, in those two, those two brothers that are being, um, spoken about there in that parable that you've experienced? And also what is the way in which maybe they perceive their father in this story? There's a lot we could unpack in that. <laughs> I know. And we have just a few minutes more to undo it trying to kind of reflect that on my story was that, you know, I chose to walk away, just kind of stop doing it. That was my own choice. Um, but when I came back, it was just like, like I said, nothing had changed. God was still there. Um, it was like I had never left. Just like the story, the son left. He said enough of this. When he came back, his father was just rejoiced and happy. His son was back. And, um, I know I've had people like that in my life, uh, different friendships, and um, actually just this past Sunday, um, we were all hanging out, or Saturday, and we got a message from a friend, hey, I'm driving your way, and we said, okay, come hang out. We had stopped talking to this friend for quite a few years. We were, her and my wife were very close, um, but going through a lot in that life, so they made a decision to she distanced herself. Um, the friend did. Um, you know, we tried and tried and tried. You know, that, that sheep is gone and you know that it's struggling and you, you try to go get it back and it just didn't work. Um, and we, you know, tried and tried and she moved away and um, since then still been struggling. But um, when she said, hey, I'm, I'm coming that way, we were just like, hey, come, 
come spend the night with us. We'll feed you. We'll house you. Just come on by. And we loved Donna. Just like nothing had ever changed. And I think that was um, just sitting here thinking about it. Um, there's so many different ways that we could have thought about the situation and how it ended and how that friendship kind of devolved um, over the past year or so. But that wasn't what we chose to focus on. We were we chose to focus on the hey that friend that we were once so close to. Um, we know that that friend is going through such a hard time. Um, just welcomed her home, welcomed her back in, and um, the same way God does for us. Yeah, I mean, in this in this piece here, I love that that was a, a great story there of your uh, your friend. I'm, I'm so glad that y'all had that opportunity to connect in hot in Louisiana, yeah, <laughs> middle, a of week, a middle of nowhere. A week after you've been here, yeah, and um, that's that's amazing. Y'all being able to connect this weekend, but in the in the story here, uh, for one of the things for me that that I connect with is is the person who gets bitter, and so I think for some of my life, I was the person who was ignored and that was dropped. But I think for another portion of my life, as I got older, when I could have taken the initiative of my own, I got bitter, and so you do have this bitterness there. I think that people associate with and that that being gone and disconnected and not belonging for so long gets us into places that are bitter but i wonder as well in this story with both of these persons the person who gets bitter and walks away and has to swallow their pride and come back and then this other person who has been working hard and following all the rules and doing all the stuff and they've put in their labor but yet they don't seem to be appreciated i wonder in this how much that their view of being, of of where they're at in the in the in the world, their view of where they're at in the kingdom of being lost has to do with how they perceive their father. I wonder I wonder how much it has to be that we get bitter because of the way in which we perceive God working through the church, or we feel like the church isn't living up to our expectation. And, um, and so we see the church as one piece and it has nothing to do with Jesus. And so we don't want anything to do with that. And rather than going and finding the place where we would associate closer with Jesus, we just say, nope, I'm going to do this whole Jesus thing on my own. And we just kind of step away. But you have this other person who's been working really hard and, and, and it's almost like they have this perception of, of God. Like if you just follow all the rules and do all the things, then that makes everything fine and you deserve something by doing that. And so I think it's easy to get into that place. And we see a lot of people like that in the church that, that they have, they've been in the church for 50, 60 years doing everything. And they have sacrificed family time and vacations and, and bonuses and, and funds. And they've done mortgages on their house for churches. And they've done all this, this stuff to go over and beyond because they believe in the, the mission and vision, but it's so easy in that place to get bitter then when, uh, when when the light doesn't shine on on them, and I think it's, it's I think we see that in human nature. And so in this story, both persons, the way in which they see the church, the way in which they see the kingdom, the way in which they see God, it it ends up leading them to both being in the same place and um, not living up to expectations or being disconnected from something that they felt that they had. Yeah, so, I had never I had never considered the brothers in this story um, before having these conversations, um, at least in that way where he was doing all the right things, he was the good son, um, he was 
doing everything, you know, that he thought he was supposed to be doing and things didn't go his way and he got angry. Um, that's kind of what I experienced in a similar sense where, you know, in hindsight, you know, I was doing the right things. I was serving God, loving God, loving people and tragedy happened and I was like, I don't, this isn't what's supposed to happen here. Um, and I got angry and I got bitter. Um, and I, you know, stayed away for a minute. Um, but I had never made that kind of connection before. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it totally tracks with, with that. Um, you know, we're not entitled to anything, you know, God's grace is there regardless, <laughs> you know, we, we can experience that. Um, but when we think that the church or God or whatever owes us something just because we did X, Y, and Z, um, I don't think that, you know, I mean, that obviously doesn't, you know, that doesn't track. So, well, it's easy for, uh, there's all, I mean, it's easy for us to, to get lost in, today and, and religion is a, is a touchy to- topic for a lot of people, even more so today. And a lot of people don't want anything to do with it. The church has provided a place where of great distrust among people. And, uh, and it, I think it's, it's even harder today as, as churches to, cons- to, to go out and to, to, to try to build those relationships with people because we face so much skepticism because people have been bamboozled in the past and they've had <laughs> people come to their house and sit on their couch for 20 years saying, you're going to go to hell if you don't come to my church. And, uh, they've not, you know, that's, that's the experience that people have and they've walked away and, and it's hard to, to, to it's hard work to go out and reach others. So, uh, when Jesus says, I come to seek and save the lost, this is a story that continues to, to move through Luke. It comes to, to Zacchaeus and uh, at a head there. And it is an, it is an important realization. And, and, and this is what we are about. And that's why we're sharing our stories with people is because we want people to know that they belong. And that, that, that's the biggest piece is, is we see that, that people are missing from our from from our group of friends of of our community and and we we don't identify them and, and label them as people who are lost uh, we we see them as people who aren't with us and we want them to be a part of the body and experience what we experience and uh, it's not about trying to to, to pull uh, bait and switch it's not trying to get butts and seats. It's not trying to do some major church strategy for church strategy's sake. It's about this realization of uh, Jesus is focusing on here is, is focusing on people because people are the most invaluable thing. They're most valuable thing on this planet. And, and every person is valuable and every person matters. And we have so many people just right here in the middle of, of nowhere, Louisiana, haunt Louisiana that, that don't have a place of belonging. And, and I would, I think it's safe to say that's what we are about is embrace as a new church is trying to, to, to bring to people a place of belonging, of walking life with them. So is there something that you would like to share just on that piece of what is it that, that, in these stories that you wish this, that, that, that you could tell, share with one person um, 
that that you say, you know what, you're not here right now. So what is that one thing that you would like to, to say to somebody, regardless of why they find themselves in that situation? I think that your story is your story. And it it doesn't really, it doesn't matter what that story is. Um, you know, we are all capable of being found, redemption. Um, you know, whether or not we're the ones who were lost in our story or the ones who are retrieving the lost or have done the losing of people, um, you know, our, your story is your story and acknowledge that, um, and share that because someone may have a similar story that they can relate to. So share your story with people. I think to those people who um, would find themselves as lost or just not found is that even like we understand that it's not about a congregation, it's about a community and that's what we want to do. And although we might not have the words to fix it, we might not have, you know, the means to make every single thing better. We just want to step alongside you and do life together, whether that's and embracing the suck together or trying to make it better, whatever it is, we're just there for you. And, um, to those in the community, those who know Jesus, that's what we're called to do is to love on each other, period. Love one another, be there for somebody. Even if you don't know what to say, just listen. Yeah, thank you all for sharing that and, uh, for being here, for, for talking through this, sharing your stories and, and sharing that with others. And I look forward to picking up on several conversations here, uh, and, and carrying those on in the future. And, uh, and I, I would just say ditto to, to what you have, you both have said for anyone who is out there, who's, who, uh, especially is in our community that we have the ability to, to, to have a face-to-face relationship with, we are, we are here and we want to be your friends. We want to be your neighbor. We want to be here for you and journey with you in faith. And for anyone out there who does, who they live further away and they don't have this ability to be face to face, we want to still be able to build a connection. And there's many ways that we can do that in today's technology. And so uh, thank you all for, for tuning in here and thank you all for spending this time. Everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of EmbraceCast. We will continue to explore this theme of why Jesus is so focused on rescuing us who find ourselves lost on the next episode by reframing the world around us with a Jesus-sized vision. Be sure to rate and subscribe to EmbraceCast and share it with others. We hope this has been a helpful episode for you. If this conversation has piqued your curiosity or if you have some questions, we'd love to hear them and connect with you. Please send them to us. You can record an audio file and send them to us at info at embraceyourparish.org. If you would please keep your audio file in about 20 or 30 seconds and be sure to include your name and where you're from, that would be helpful for us. Embrace is a new church in the greater Houghton area of Louisiana. Embrace is committed to creating new places for new people to experience Jesus. You can find out more at embraceyourparish.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. And go and embrace Jesus, embrace people, and embrace church.